you're listening to the City Lights Equipping Podcast, where we are helping you identify your next step in exalting Jesus and extending the kingdom of heaven right where you are. If this podcast encourages or challenges you, please leave us feedback on our iTunes channel and share on your social media to help more people discover the very same things that are stirring you in your walk with the Lord. Hello and welcome to the City Lights Equipping Podcast, where we want to help you take your next step towards Jesus together. I am Oliver Wong and I'm joined by my co-host, Christopher Armfield. How Hello. are you, Chris? How everybody? How's everyone doing? Sweet. Good to be with you guys here today. Um, we're going to be talking about hearing God's voice, just following up from your sermon on Sunday, Chris. We'll start off with just this, just this question. Um, of all the different musicians, I know you're a music guy mm-hmm. and you do you play the guitar and you love music. Of all musicians' voices and the uh, musicians that you follow, which voice do you wish that you had most? Uh, right now, I'd say Justin, not Biebs. Whoa, whoa, I'm talking about whoa, whoa. Justin. Oh, Justin Timberlake. I could have uh, taken Bieber. That's no, 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 no Biebs, no Biebs. But uh, but to throw it back, I'd I'd actually say Al Green if I only had to choose one. I'd take Al Green. Yeah, more, more a, than me than JT. That's a good voice. I think after I thought about it for a little while. I think Usher Raymond would be a strong oh. Usher from Atlanta. Raymond, you have a favorite Usher song um, or lyric? No, I I don't I don't think I do. I think I just like the overall ambiance, the overall persona. His whole his, his whole, whole pack, the whole package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gotcha. Um, the song "You Got It Bad" is pretty great. I grew you got up, it, you got it bad. Got it. When you on the phone, phone that's right. Call, hang like, up and you call right. That's back. like you freshman year in yeah. high school. Kyra right. and me. Which we go way back, back to dating. And that's the thing about those types of songs. They can just be a time machine. I love it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we actually have a, uh, a guy in our church named Justin Rabin. Mm-hmm. And he serves as an usher. So mm-hmm. I like to kind of call him Usher Raymond sometimes. Because that's Usher's last name? That's his last name. U-S-H-E-R-R-A-Y-M-O-N-D. Hey, podcast listener, whose voice would you take? I dare you. Go on our iTunes when you're downloading and just leave us a comment. I mean... I would just love to see that, or or email us. I mean, it's not super important, but it's fun to know. I would just be curious to know that. I bet someone will say Celine Dion. Yeah. Somebody might say, uh, "What's that woman's Beyonce. name?" Uh, Hello, it's me. Oh, what's her name? Definitely Adele. Adele. Yep. And I would have maybe picked Adele too. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. Well, today we're going to be talking about a follow-up of your sermon that you preached on Sunday, which yeah. I loved. Uh, kicks off in John chapter 10 in our series of Believe. Mm-hmm. The sermon is titled, if you want to go back and listen to it, a podcast listener, it's called Jesus Doesn't Miss a Thing. Right. It's all about Jesus as the Good Shepherd. If you did not get to hear it or uh, just wanted to kind of debrief some of it, we have just a quick clip for us to kick off the podcast mm-hmm. today. Why don't you just listen in on this one clip? We know this from other passages of Scripture. He says, I know how many hairs you have in your head. Or for some of you who shave your head bald, he knows how many follicles are still left and how many were there when it was at its peak, Matt Cochran. So that's beautiful. It's incredible. So he knows. But all that's saying is, I mean, that's, that pales in comparison when he says, my thoughts for you are like all the grains on all of the sands of all of the earth. That's a lot of thought about you. Now, a lot of times the scripture, when it describes us as his people, it's his bride, his church, but each one of you is valued in such a way that we do believe Jesus would have died for just one, but he died for one bride in which he desires to unify all the bride together. That's why then there's brokenness and dysfunction in a church it's, it's really looking at God's marriage and going, man, that bride is really struggling within herself. It's not a Jesus leadership issue. It's not a headship issue. It's not a husbanding issue. The issue's with us. 
All right, so Chris, so I was actually there, of course, for the message and right. was deeply stirred by it. I think informationally it was powerful as well as I just think as you talked about Jesus and introduced him as a person, mm. um, there's just an opportunity, I think, for an encounter with him. It just felt like God was really present in that. And one of the things that I loved about that verse and what you taught about was just the person, personability and the intimacy, really, that mm. God our Father um, uh encounters us with there's lots of different paradigms in the bible whether it's the farmer who has the seeds or Mm -hmm. the watchman or the manager but the shepherd Mm -hmm. is such a tender picture Mm -hmm. it's one that goes along with uh, as the sermon preached and as the scripture talked about that he lays down his life for us Mm -hmm. and one of the lines that i love the most is the one that says he calls us out by name Mm -hmm. and in any amount of study we see like the shepherd's voice was critical for the sheep they would be able to tell the sheep would be able to tell the shepherd's voice that they followed distinct of any other shepherd and so in the same way you'd wake up your kids in the morning to go to school at a certain time to get up or whatever you know that Mm -hmm. one sound you can almost hear your parents saying it that's Mm -hmm. the way that sheep would respond to shepherds so i just loved chris the message just talking about the personability of um of the shepherd's voice yeah it's worthy of mention on sunday i somewhat confessed asked for permission to not share an exhaustive list of everything that a shepherd does for sheep historically because i think there's been plenty of documented sermons etc that have documented those kind of things that's one thing i didn't mention was uh, that herds could gather together with many different sheep, and then yet one shepherd could actually make their call slash song. Yeah. I studied that, and, and they made all kinds of noises. You know that, Oliver? Like, it wasn't just like, come here, sheepy, sheepy. It was like, <laughs> and, you know, like they'd whistle and make all these different songs. Yeah, yeah, they would make all these sounds, and the sheep would literally go out from one another and go to the one. And, the, you know, one of the reasons that they noticed the voice is because they could trust that voice because that voice would lead them back to the sheepfold at Mm -hmm. night where there was protection. Like we mentioned, Jesus himself says he is the door. He literally lays his life down. I usually think of the cross when I thought about that phrase, but really when I'm going through John now, I'm going, no, actually, when Jesus said he lays his life down willingly, he's talking about really, you know, scriptures talk about in the Old Testament that God doesn't sleep nor slumber. Mm. Jesus, talking about himself as the good shepherd, stays up all night at the door so that no one can get us. And Mm. so... Anyway, it's a significant thing that why would I know that voice? Why would I trust that voice? Because he leads me in. He leads me out. When we go in, it's for rest. When I go out, it's for pasture and, and eating and caring. And so it, it is. This whole shepherd illustrative mm-hmm. picture is so, so strong. And I do think it's important, podcast listener, that you hear this because we believe this, not mm-hmm. because of your potential. We believe this because we believe it's really part of probably our truth to trust today later, but ultimately you do hear God's voice. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be forceful. I don't, I don't really like when, I'll run if you've heard of somebody say like, I know about you, this is who you are. I, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm making that statement. I'm making a statement based on who God is. God says, you do hear my voice. I do know you. I know where you are and I am speaking to you and you do hear me. And I just think that's essential. Uh, one of the mo- mm. one of the things that I'd make a comment about that is I do think that people struggle with hearing the voice of God. Oliver, yeah. I'm sure you've heard that, and you've probably struggled with it too and mm-hmm. wrestled through it. it. God doesn't always speak the way I want in the time I want. Um, sometimes he doesn't speak in the way I want, but he speaks in the time I want. And so there, there are a lot of dilemma talking points. Um, what are your thoughts with that? I know that you're kind of interviewing me, but mm-hmm. let me throw that back over to you. Dilemmas that you've heard of uh, as far as hearing the voice of God. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of different uh, cultural, informational things that come at us every single day, all the time. Mm-hmm. And we're called the information age. Mm-hmm. So in just a sea of information and facts and figures, sometimes it's difficult to discern mm. um, whose voice of authority to trust and sure. which narrative to interpret those facts through. So 
Um, not only am I in the old days growing up with a family and a household and a father, but now I've got all these different celebrities and icons yeah. and teachers and professors and schools of mm. thought that are all kind of coming into my worldview. And now mm. I have to do the, the, the process of, of hearing who, what would God be saying mm-hmm. about this thing? And, and that's a very sometimes cumbersome, cumbersome and difficult yeah. uh, dilemma. Well, you're, you touch on it. It's interesting. Had, if we never had first, second and third John, the epistles of John, your comments would have really invigorated a lot of thought in people. The reality is your comments reflect well something that John knew too. And so John, the book we're reading through, the gospel, um, we're in chapter 10, but his epistle, 1 John 4, says really exactly what you just said, Oliver. So it's it's one of those absolute truths to trust. 1 John 4, 1 says, there are spirits of the world. Uh, better word, in a sense, there are voices you'll hear and, and things that you're being pulled by. And you mentioned celebrity and all these different things, and you're right. They're not all evil. God actually uses some of these voices. But John says you have to use discernment because some of them are evil and some of them are good, but yet they're all voices. Mm-hmm. And so since they're spiritual in nature, God is spirit. And whether we realize it or not, embrace it or not, the enemy is spirit as well. Right. And so the voices that we hear can be conflicting. We must use discernment. Just because I hear something doesn't mean it's from God. Just because I'm emotional about something doesn't mean it's from God. Just because I'm scared doesn't mean, just because I'm inspired doesn't mean it's from God. But it also doesn't mean it's not from God. And I would just say something that I've been learning for years and years and years now, it's just a, a simple statement that God's voice will never con- contradict what the scriptures say. Uh, God's voice will never contradict the word of God. Mm. Um, and then specifically right here in, in John 10, I'd like to say this because it's really what Jesus was teaching. He says, if you hear a stranger voice, an evil voice that you're unfamiliar with, he says, flee. But I do want to say this, brother, sister, friend, if you're a listener, if you hear God's voice, have faith to follow. So we flee from something that's foreign and we have faith to follow something that isn't foreign. And we'll talk a little more in a moment about how do we discern whether it's evil or it's good. But let me just give you a forerunner, a little foresight project out what you're hearing. Like, where is this coming from? Because you really need to figure out the root and you'll figure out the root of the source by its fruit. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but we are hearing, you know, Oliver, when you mention all those different voices in our lives, those are voices. Mm. And, and Jesus accounted for that. And so did John when he was writing to us. So the fact that we're hearing all kinds of things isn't a, a sign that something's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just learning how to listen to the right voice and respond to the right voice is the way to do something right in the midst of all the options. Well, let's take a minute to look at the scripture that okay. you preached about this last Sunday, uh, and let's from there kind of head into a discussion, a conversation about um, if God does speak, how does he speak to us today? Yeah. And then secondly, would love to just discuss, um, as we were to think about God speaking, how can we listen well? So yeah. John 10, verse 3 through 5 says, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Mm. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So just coming off of that verse, um, talk to me a a little bit about what you see in the passage about what, how God's trying to, yeah. what he's trying to tell us about the nature of a shepherd and the shepherd's voice to us. Well, I think that's a perfect passage, Oliver, and thanks for pointing to it out of all the verses we could look at, because this passage, just these few verses, actually shows us what the myth is. And the myth really is, for everybody who's in Christ, everyone who calls himself a Christian, everyone who's interested in God's kingdom, 
Uh, the myth is, oh, well, God doesn't speak to me. Or maybe the myth in front of that is God doesn't speak at all. He hasn't spoken mm. through the scriptures and, and he doesn't speak, period, let alone speak to me. You know, if, you, if you're a person who has unique struggles of just insecurity and kind of feeling second class and you, you really get into a comparison trap, you've probably come to the conclusion God doesn't speak to me as though you are second class or an exception to the harmony in the family of God. I just want to say, it's a lie. That right there is a perfect example of the evil voice, the stranger voice that says, you don't belong. God wouldn't speak to you. You're not faithful. He doesn't trust you with that. It is just a lie. I mean, verse three, as you just read it, the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. I mean, that's you can put your name in there. So mm. Melissa, he you hear his voice. Melissa, he calls you by name and he leads you out. John, wow. wherever you are, Oliver, uh, baby Oliver, mm. um, little Alec, whoever you are out there, Justin, he yeah. knows you. And so the, the myth is that, uh, that he's not speaking to you in that way, which is contrasted with the truth. God's designed you to hear. Mm -hmm. Everyone out there, everyone listening, God actually has designed you to hear because he made you. Remember, the enemy didn't fashion you and make you. He didn't form you in the intricate place in your mother's womb. And the enemy didn't know you before the foundations were laid. Abba, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, that beautiful harmony designs you the way you are with not just ears to hear, mm -hmm. but a heart to receive a place in you that is literally reserved for fellowship and belonging with God. So that's, you know, that's our myth and that's our truth to trust today. What I loved about what you said, the word designed, it really implies that I'm made for or I'm created in a specific way yes. intentionally so that I, I'm, I'm actually more likely, I'm becoming more of who I am right. to hear him than I am not to hear him. It's kind of like your series back when a couple of months ago when you did a series called Becoming Who We Are. Mm -hmm. That phrasing isn't saying, go be somebody else so that you can hear him. Yes. Go and take a class so that you can learn a language that you're not used to. Right. As a matter of fact, it's the mother tongue. And not to say it's actually the father tongue, I guess, to yeah. use it in that in that term. But it's saying it's it's natural. Mm -hmm. It's part of your DNA. Mm -hmm. It's part of your culture. And it's actually more normal to hear from him than not for, hear from him. That's we're right. actually moving towards hearing from him and becoming who we're supposed to be yeah. at the same rate and at the same trajectory. Yes. Yeah. Oliver, I've heard you talk about it like a radio frequency, and we just need to tune in. Now, I don't want you to think podcast listener we describe hearing god's voice like a radio frequency like you need to consistently be like an old um stereo that you'd have like a dial instead of buttons or like in your car you keep hitting scan like it's hard to find him or he's elusive i don't want you to think that way because i mm -hmm. think there are valuable right. metaphor breaks down yeah, yeah i think the metaphor does break down but i do think it serves us well that when i'm scrolling and listening you know it could be online or social media or a radio god is i do believe god's in somehow communicating through all of those things. And when you hear something that's not him or somehow you imagine it to be neutral, what do you do in that moment? Because I think oftentimes we stay there a little too long and and those are the, that's the voice of a stranger or enemy um, or there's white noise and we we don't uh, we just get past that and get to a next voice and eventually we give up. I think to know, hey, where does God speak? How does he speak to me and others? And and really Put those as your presets on your station. You know, mm -hmm. stay in those zones rather than the whole, like if I'm on the internet, the whole internet open to me and I'm just kind of surfing. You're just really making yourself vulnerable to be pulled in lots of different directions instead of going, hey, I know how God speaks and I'm going to camp in those places. Those are the presets 
on the, there's the speed dial on my phone. There's the presets in my car. It's my playlist on my iPhone. You know, that kind of mentality is really important. If you're designed to hear, where is God speaking? You know, I've heard you talk about mm-hmm. the harvest. Like, go go work where the harvest is happening, that kind of idea. So I feel like that illustration you brought you know, a couple of years ago to the mm-hmm. house or a year ago really made a lot of sense. Mm. Well, we'll definitely get into a little bit even more extension of that conversation, which is what does God's voice sound like so that I can really stay with his voice and mm-hmm. avoid hearing or be able to filter out what's not his yeah, voice. Yeah, it's important. But first and foremost, if we were to back up, tell me a little bit about some of the modes and the means of how God has spoken before to you, people you've known, people you've sure. ministered to, or people in the Bible. Tell me about um, just in terms of the format, the yeah, way that he yeah. communicates. What is what has he used in the past, or what is, have you seen him use today in, in speaking to his sheep or his children? Well, I'd say predominantly the majority... Uh, voice of God, I I feel like from my historical studies and my own personal life has been has been the scriptures, um, and I don't know what it's like for you, like the Bible is for you, podcast listener. For me, it's it's consistently been a source of life. Uh, mm-hmm. It was never leveraged over me as a have to. It was never a homework assignment in my life. So, of course, when I got to advanced degrees, it became homework assignments. But I was so deeply in love and a healthy relationship with God, I couldn't wait to get more. Um, so I want to say this, that some of you might look at the Bible as like, oh, so if I want to hear from God, I just got to read all the time. Well, it may be an acquired taste for you, and some of you it might be a re- restoration of what the scriptures actually are. But I will say this, mm-hmm. a primary for me, uh, I think sometimes we just forsake to say it, is the scriptures. God has spoken through that, and I believe he breathes breath on, breath on it so that we can continue to hear him. So within the scriptures, we also have how God speaks. So he speaks in the written word, but he also spoke Predominantly, Oliver, I don't know if we talked a whole lot about this, but dreams was a primary mode. Sleeping dreams Hmm. and awake visions and like trance visions were primary modes of communication in the Old and the New Testament. Hmm. Pretty phenomenal. Um, Christophanies, Christ showing up in the Old Testament or um, epiphany moments like revelatory moments were very common in the scriptures as well. So revelations, um, Hmm. moments of uh, manifestations of God's presence, uh, even an audible voice of God in the in the scriptures happened at times. Uh, and so other things in our culture, we see God, I, I know God speaks to me in the place of my conscience, in my heart, and my mind, not as a condemner, but illuming things in my heart. Um, I hear from God a lot through preachers. I've heard God through the greatest preachers, and I've heard God speak through some of the most ineffective preachers because God's big enough to be able to use people like me or, you know, if I'm the example of a bad preacher or just a fumbling person up there, God uses it. I've read great authors and I've read books that no one's ever heard of and God's speaking. And what I mean by God speaking is he, things get clear about who he is, Mm. who I am and what his mission is in the world. I mean, that's another filter. You know, if I'm, if I'm like, God, what color car do I buy? You know, to be candid, I'm not sure. I mean, God might tell you, but I'm not sure he's really going to come in and he's like, listen, I want to tell you better choose the right color car. That's not necessarily a, a contingency for the mission of God, the heart of God's revelation to bring people into his kingdom is a yellow, red, or white car. So sometimes we're listening to God for things that I'm not saying he wouldn't talk to you about, but the things that I see the most revelation from God about is mm-hmm. about him and how I can lay down my life and serve others I hear on a daily basis. So I would, mm-hmm. I would like to say the way that God speaks from nature to others, to dreams, to visions, to trances, audible voices, books, preachers, conscience, all these different things, God is speaking 
uh, the safest place. I feel, I feel like when I hear God, it needs to be consistent with Scripture, and then I check it with some of my closest friends who I respect in the faith. And if it passes, if what I'm hearing passes from my trusted confidants, the Scriptures, and, and really Christendom at that last level, has God done this before? I'm ready to jump in even if it's a faith thing. And I hope it's a faith thing. I do mm. think God speaks a lot about faith movements rather than just affirmations of static or stay. Uh, so I, that's just me kind of giving my witness to that. But um, goodness gracious, I, I've, I've never heard God audibly myself, but mm. I've met a few who have. It's not the norm even for them. They would say one time. I've never met somebody who says I heard from God even twice. They would just say a one time. And it was usually a big moment. Mm. Well, I like what you said just about the scriptures mm -hmm. uh, being our root and our foundation. I definitely could, uh, I would have definitely have a resonance with what you said there. There are seasons when I just can't trust sort of my emotions sure. or some of my thoughts, and I yeah. really just need to be very, very heavily dependent right. upon the scriptures and the word of God. And um, I think that's a that's a huge place mm -hmm. or a major source of how we're going to hear God's voice in any mm -hmm. given season. Mm -hmm. um, I thought we'd take some time just to, to go back and forth a little bit, Chris, here okay. in the podcast to just talk about some of the practicals of this list that I had here and uh, isn't exhaustive by any means. But as we've talked in community um, from Sunday about hearing God's voice and how to hear God's voice and what it looks like to really seek his voice, even when our world feels upside down mm -hmm. and when we do feel lost mm -hmm. and we can't we don't know who to trust or what to trust in terms of our emotions. What are some kind of true north statements that we can hang on to mm. or true north kind of value sets to, to hang on to? Um, one one item that really came up in a couple conversations for me in talking about how to hear God's voice or what it would sound like is just the word peace. Now, I want to be careful here because in hearing God's voice, um, I'm, I'm not necessarily sure... Uh, it's, it's always going to necessarily feel like the word that we want to hear mm -hmm. or that it's always going to be something that feels the type of peace that feels human. But in a godly, deep truth sense, I do think that, um, you know, there's a precedent for following peace or, or sensing that there's a peace beyond understanding within a certain mm -hmm. truth or idea or belief. And I think even the more opposition we face towards that word, yeah. and despite that opposition, we still feel a rooted sense of, peace in it and the community would feel peace at it because God loves unity and community so much. There would be a, a, a peace among brothers. I've seen, of course, there's precedent in scripture when, you know, it was the statement would say there was a peace about this decision. So we made, made the decision together. Yeah. Thoughts on that? Well, I would say I, I appreciate what you're saying there because it's an interesting dynamic because oftentimes when I don't want to forgive somebody or I'm hurt, I want God to tell me it's okay to not forgive. And mm -hmm. that's the peace I'm looking for. God, right. would you give me rest to disengage, disconnect, be passive. And peace sometimes comes in a package of, no, I want you to pursue reconciliation, and that's how my larger kingdom of peace. When you, when you mentioned peace, I thought of Jesus' title. He is the prince of peace. Therefore, sure. his kingdom, it's, it's like a ripple effect. Peace emanates off every object to every object. And so I like what you're saying. If I'm hearing from God, there will be a peace. It might not be my comfort. It might not be my preference, but I shouldn't be surprised if I'm hearing from God that it is something that is, what would be the word, promoting peace, sure. um, leading to peace, uh, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. so that's what came to mind when you just shared that. I just went, well, of course, if he's, if we're in the kingdom of God and he's the prince of peace, then uh, there's going to be either peace that I feel or peace I'm in called into worth fighting for. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I usually just go to forgiveness a lot of times, Oliver, because sometimes I don't want to hear God say, go mm. forgive. I want him to make an exception like, wow, those people are horrible to you and they didn't ask for forgiveness. So peace be on you, Chris. You're at peace with them. I'm like, 
he's just never right. said I'll just be blunt. He's never said that to me. It's more about why wouldn't you go and reconcile? And I'm like, oh, God, that's just making me restless. He's like, because you're built for peace. That's why you're restless, because you're built for peace. So, right. yeah, I think that's a huge pointer for discerning God's voice is that there is a culture of peace, not just peace in myself, but peace amongst men. Uh, and God wants to have that peace inside of ourselves. So if we are wayward, yeah, we're not going to experience personal peace. But he wants us, and some of that waywardness, that the itchiness, the restlessness might be by God so that we don't put our head down without reconciliation. It's just an interesting, I mean, he's a good, good voice in that way, trustworthy. He knows more than we do. Yeah. Another, um, for the second point here, which has to do with the topic of just time and and really timelessness is really the word that we had talked about before mm-hmm. the podcast started of God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, just an older mentor of mine, I remember talking to him once about decision-making and, and the importance of choices and that sort of thing. And he just talked about how he made sure to give himself time yeah. and give the Lord time to um, establish certain decisions. And he just, yeah. he, he had developed a rapport with the Lord so that so much so that, you know, he knew that the Lord would be, is patient and that's right. part of his characteristic. And he's not typically as human beings, we tend to, because of anxiety, be rushed ahead or, or be prone to kind of like want to hurry up the process. God mm-hmm. is a very patient God and his just kind of rapport with the Lord and nature of his relationship and hearing was that mm. he, he sensed a, a confidence that God's word, mm-hmm. if, he, if there was a direction he was supposed to take, let's say a, a job change or a move or a relationship that he was supposed to pursue, so mm. on and so forth, he he just believed that God had a had a uh, a budget for patience, a mm-hmm. budget for allowing the word or the direction to marinate over time, and it wasn't going to change or waver mm-hmm. overnight. And yeah. the urgency of, of, of human decisions, he, he mm-hmm. said, oftentimes led him away from God's voice. Yeah. Thoughts on that? Well, I, I I love it. I think that a statement that I've learned is true. It's taken about mm, 15 years for, to really test it for me, but truth is revealed in time, and uh, God's not in a rush would be another statement. And the last statement I'd make mm-hmm. is, I have never regretted waiting to hear from God. So if I sense something's true and it's from God, it'll be true in the morning. Right. If the opportunity is gone uh, by tomorrow, that God's not God's not playing games with like, you need to hear from me now. If it's not, you're, you're, I'm taking it away. He's just not like that. Mm. And so whether that's buying a house, buying a car, asking somebody out, purchasing that jacket, whatever it is, you know, like God's not in a rush. He knows where you are. He knows where he wants to get you and he's going to speak the right thing. So that truthfulness is revealed in time. I mean, time is not the enemy. Time is the enemy to impulsivity mm-hmm. and the I want it right now-ness and the comparison of if I don't get this, then I'm at a deficit. That's all the work of the flesh. Sure. You know, you will know the fruit that you're feeling will determine the root that you're rooted in, you know, like That's grounded good. in. And so like anxiety about time, yep. ooh, anxiety is not coming from the Lord. So you've got a root there that you're trying to fix something. So I don't want to get too invasive on that, but mm-hmm. man, peace and time, yeah, these... I feel like that's the way Jesus rolls. That's the way his kingdom is. So you're spot on. I'm excited to hear the third. Last but not least, uh, we were in Illuminate discussing this very topic, and Andre kind of piped up at the very end, which he often does and always brings mm-hmm. a really great um, really great word. Uh, but anyways, Andre was talking, and he just shared how in his experience, the more truthful that he got with God, the word being truth there mm-hmm. towards the last point, the more truthful, honest, open, vulnerable, transparent that he got with the Lord he felt like that's in that modality or in that level of trust and connection with God, that's where he was able to hear God's voice yeah. best, almost in a James sort of way. Obviously, God's everywhere, but he draws near to those who draw near to him. Mm-hmm. And he just felt like a, a, a major um, 
dynamic of drawing near to God is going into the into the truth area because God deals in truth. It's mm-hmm. almost like if I were to go to Starbucks across the street with a Chinese yen and pay Chinese yen to a place that accepts American dollars because God works in the currency of trust mm-hmm. or truth rather, because he works in truth, it's it's just it, it's not possible. You can even see in the way he dialogues with people, it's not possible for him to stay at the surface level mm. and kind of talk about the masquerade or the cosmetic viewpoint of things. Mm-hmm. He wants to talk about deep cries of deep. He wants to talk mm-hmm. about the truth of the matter. And mm-hmm. I think I agree with him. I feel like yeah. in my life, he, you know, if he wants, if I want to be shallow, he's uh, he's not pushy. And I feel like mm-hmm. he allows, he has patience to wait me out because he's, he's going to have more patience than me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like usually at the same rate as honesty enters the conversation yeah. is the same rate that really the amplification of his voice comes at the same time. Yeah. So I, I would really that's agree powerful. with that that concept. What do you think, Chris? Uh, it's, well, that's just really powerful. I just affirm it. I think it's super strong. Mm. Uh, I, I would say watching Andre um, over, I've, I've known him for about 10 years, and one of the things I've noticed about him in the last three or four or five years is that what he's describing there, I've watched, and there is a simplicity about his interaction with God at that point that he's not bringing lists He's not bringing heavy baggage. He's also not keeping things from God. So the truthfulness of him is he's not saying, God, what do you think about this with a hand out in front of him in the in his hand behind his back, uh, figuratively speaking, with a hundred things he's trying to keep for himself. In, in Andre or our truthfulness with God, he's literally bringing everything to the table and throwing off things that don't need to be there ahead of time. He doesn't need to pray about whether he's just minimizing, minimizing. So this, is, this isn't like a an assault to possessions. What I am saying mm-hmm. is, when we really live in truth with somebody, we're not hiding anything. And so we can be pure, vulnerable, and honest with God. And in that regard, I do think being fully present with God in that moment without an agenda, right. unadulterated in a sense, pure, I think we do have a, a, a better um, grasp on hearing him. Mm. So, and, and I'd say like, I'd, I'd connect all three if I can for a moment. So if we're truthful, and podcast listener, this is your, this is your practical, this is probably my last words. Your, your your truthfulness with God, you know, like we're all true, but no, I mean like hiding nothing from him because he, you know, he's the shepherd who sees you, he knows you, he hears you, he's, he's watching over you. If you did the same in your relationship with him, you just bring everything to the table and perhaps maybe you don't bring anything but you uh, and just some vulnerability about your thoughts. And then you trust the time in which you interact with right. those things and that you allow the peacemaker to make war Mm-hmm. against things that are preventing true peace in your life or from hearing, and you let the peacemaker define peace as it goes out. Because Jesus, as our peacemaker, made war with our sin that we might experience peace. So I do know when I'm hearing from God, yes, oftentimes I'm wanting to hear affirmations and yeses and green lights. Other times I see a sword and he says, you have an idol in your heart and hmm. we can't move forward until time you get real, true mm-hmm. with that. And so the peacemaker sometimes is a sword. Other times he has his hand on our back leading us into things. So my conclusive thought on that was that's how we're designed, you mm-hmm. know? And the more that like an Andre's example, we live into our design to be truthful, give God time and allow the King of peace and the Prince of peace to, to demonstrate, invite, push, pull. I mean, that's all a relational context for hearing our great God as he leads us. Podcast listener, you are designed to hear God's voice. That is good, good news today. Mm -hmm. And so God is not speaking. God is, of course, speaking. (laughs) The question is, is are we listening or not? Um, And God is speaking 
um, all the time. It says in the scriptures that his thoughts towards us are like the sand mm. on the sea. And so wherever you are right now, that is good news. We want yes. you to embrace that yeah. and ask the question, what's he stirring? What's he saying? What's he leading you into? Mm-hmm. Because um, every every word that he ever speaks was meant to be heard. That's right. why we have ears to hear it. That's awesome. So, um, Another thing that I would want to mention and extend to you is if you're not part of a city group, if you are part of City Lights Congregation, would love to invite you to check out the website at citylights.cc. Um, we just believe hearing God's voice is best done best in community along with the scriptures, and so we definitely want to invite you into groups. But with that said, we'll see you next week, Yeah. and God bless you. Adios, everyone. See ya.